Tonight, if you would please, I want to start in the book of Genesis and uh, just read one verse there and then Isaiah 14 and verse 12 in the book of Genesis in chapter 1 and verse 1. Chapter 1, Genesis and verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now turn with me, please, to Isaiah <coughs> chapter 14. Isaiah 14, and I want to begin to read in verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will set also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. They that see thee shall marvel or narrowly look upon thee and consider thee, saying, is this the man that made the earth to tremble? That did shake kingdoms? That they made the world as a wilderness and destroyed the cities thereof? That opened not the house of his prisoners? Pray with me, please. Heavenly Father, as we read these verses, we realize that you made all things, and you made them for a purpose. That is to glorify your name. Bless us tonight as we understand what it's all about. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. <coughs> I suppose that I read and study the book of Ecclesiastes more than any other book of the Bible lately. Uh, that wasn't so for many years because I, I didn't fully understand it. I didn't put it together. But uh, just lately just reading some of the things that it says, uh, what the Bible says, realizing that it's not God's Word God used to man, one of the wisest men that ever lived, Solomon, to pin it down. But at the same time, I know it's God's Word. And, uh, and when I read it, uh, God gives a purpose for everything, Ecclesiastes says. And that purpose is to glorify God. I don't care what it is that's made, uh, that's ever been made, it was made to glorify God. God made man in the beginning. And God put him in a perfect environment. And then he took a rib out of the man and made a woman. And brought her to him and said, this is your helpmate. He knew he would be lonely, so he had him a helpmate to go with him. Now God had already, though, created a garden a place where the man Adam and the woman Eve could live in per perfect uh, harmony with God and peace with God and even talk and fellowship with God himself. And God made man and woman that he might fellowship with them and God made man and woman that they should worship and obey him in all things for God is our maker. But God had made Lucifer the morning star of heaven one of God's angels, he was a servant of God himself. Yet Lucifer, the angel, 
God had made and how uh, gave him rule over all the other angels in heaven. He was the chief angel. He rebelled against God. He decided he did not want God ruling over him. And if you'll notice as you read, sometime it would do you good just to underline uh, from verse 12 down through verse 17, I will. Every time you talk, every time he's talking about Lucifer here, Lucifer is saying, I will. God's will is we do His will, not our will. And so when he rebelled against his maker, God, and God said, no, I'll cast you out of heaven. And then when Satan, or Lucifer, uh, which became Satan, said he did not want God ruling over him any longer, God cast him out of heaven, and Satan came into the Garden of Eden, where Adam and Eve lived. He then begins to tell the woman, Eve, to disobey God by taking her, uh, telling her of the forbidden fruit, which God had told Adam and Eve not to eat of it. But Eve listened to Satan. Instead of God and eat of the forbidden fruit, then she gave to her husband to eat also. He did eat also, which is a direct disobedience of God's command, which is sin. Then you follow on through. This is how sin entered in the world. Lucifer, the fallen angel from heaven, uh, tricked Eve and Adam into disobeying God. Now, up until this time, man nor woman had not known sin, nor what sin causes. Sin caused a curse on the earth and as the, uh, on the animals, which was uh, plant-eating uh, creatures before. But because of sin, the wild beasts, such as lions and tigers and so on, became flesh-eaters or killers. The plants also were cursed by sin, and now they have thorns and thistles and sand spurs and weeds. Man also was cursed by sin, from that day forward, he has to work by the sweat of his brow, the face, and then the curse of the woman, for sinning was to have children in birth. Yet God in mercy, and his loving and forgiving God, because man and woman uh, are sinners, and their sins cause them to die, but God does not want man to die. So he made a way for man and woman to escape from the payment of sin, which is death. And God became the first uh, escape from the payment of sin, the only escape. The first mention of God's Savior for man is found in Genesis chapter 3. And so turn back there for just a minute. I'll read those two verses to you. And here's the first mention of a Savior from sin in the Bible. And the Lord God said unto the servant, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thus shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. And I will put enmity between thee, that is, between the devil and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. And so her seed is Christ. And so, and it shall bruise thy head, Satan shall, but thou shalt bruise his heel. That's the first mention of the Savior from sin in the Bible. The seed of the woman was to be God's Savior for man's sin. Eve was to have children, and she did. 
in Genesis 3.15 begins the highway of the seed Abel, Seth, Noah, Shem, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Judah, David, and these were the uh, ancestors or descendants of Eve and Adam. Then from David descended Emmanuel, Christ our Savior, from Mary, which is a descendant of David, in Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20 through 23. What I'm trying to say is we give gifts. Uh, Today we started wrapping or bringing gifts and putting them under the tree for different parts of our family. And before before Christmas uh, Eve is here, uh, that tree we got there probably be covered in gifts for all our kids and I got to thinking that the most wonderful gift of God to man is the Lord Jesus turn back with me just a minute now or turn forward to John chapter 10 John chapter 10 and I want to begin to read in verse 22 <clears throat> and it was in Jerusalem the feast of the dedication and it was winter and Jesus walked in a temple in Solomon's porch. Then came the Jews round about him and said unto him, How long doest thou make us to doubt? If thou be the Christ, tell us plainly. Jesus said to them, I told ye, and believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But ye believe not, because ye are not all my sheep, as I said unto you. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my Father's hand. Now, here's the whole thing that I want you to see. Greatest gift, John 3.16. God so loved the world. I can't get over the fact that God the Father gave His only begotten Son for a sinner like me. I just can't get over that. I think about it all the time. Then number two, God gave us eternal life in His Son. John chapter 17, verse 2. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. Do you ever think about all the sick people in the world? And and I've visited many one in the hospital over years that's been dying. I've had many one that say to me, I don't want your God, I don't want your heaven, I want nothing to do with you, or your God. And they defy God. And yet the Bible says that God wants to give every human being eternal life. John 10, 28. And I give unto them eternal life. Now, any sane thinking person knows this is not all there are to life as we see it today. No one ever is annihilated. Everyone lives somewhere forever. The Bible calls living in heaven with Christ Jesus eternal life. Living joyfully, peacefully, gloriously in the presence of Almighty God forever. But some will not go to heaven. The Bible calls hell and all that go there eternal death. Dying forever. I thank God for eternal life. What a gift in Christ Jesus. Living eternally in a glorified body with our Lord and our Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. I've been studying the Bible very carefully about this matter of dying and going to hell. And I've come to the conclusion, uh, well, I did this a long time ago, reading the Bible and the Bible plain about it. Did you know nobody can die for you? Nobody can live for you. 
You are an individual made by God. It's a wonderful thing to have a wife to love, cherish, and uh, live with and enjoy the things of life, but she can't die for you. You're going to have to do that alone. And it's wonderful to have children, but they can't die for you, and they can't go to heaven for you. Do you know you came in this world without anything, you're going out of this world without anything, and you're going to face a live God. Did you ever think how wonderful it is that there be no jealousy in heaven? There be no envy in heaven? There be no giving and taking in marriage in heaven where uh, that, uh, any, any marriage it, it love, really loves one another. There's jealousy, the envy of it. I don't want no man looking on my wife or missing my wife and my family. But think about this one day. One day all that will be gone. We'll all love one another. I don't understand all I know about that. Since my wife died, I've tried to understand a great deal more about dying, and I understand uh, I couldn't bring her back. She wouldn't want to come back. She's in a place of perfect peace and joy with God, and I, the reason that uh, me and Mary decided to get married when we did is because I believe with all my heart that she would want us to go right on with our life. I can't go where she's at. I can't bring her back. Now, I don't know about you, but that gift of eternal life is a personal thing. God gave me eternal life. God gave my wife, my friends, uh, my little children. I can't help The only thing I can do is lead them to a Savior that can save their soul. And what is going... I can't imagine one day of being in the presence of Almighty God. And have you ever loved to do something that your your mind is into it that uh, you don't want anything from outside the body? You ever been fishing caught a big old bass? You'd be fishing and catch a big old bass and somebody uh, start hollering at you, carrying on. I'm interested in them. I'm interested in getting that fish in the boat. You know? My mind is concentrated on that. Think with me for just a minute. One day, you'll be in the presence of Almighty God and everything else will go away. Every thought, every envy, every trouble, and we'll have eternal life with God Almighty only because of God's gift. In John 17, verse 8 and verse 14, I have given thee thy word. You know one of the most precious things that a man can receive today is God's word. Uh, there's no other book like the Bible. <clears throat> I led a man to the Lord one time. He gave me an old Schofield Bible. And I never got over it. I still got it. And I love my Bible. Now, you can have whatever Bible you want to, or what you, a, a version you want to, but mine's an old Schofield 1911, or seven, uh, 1611 edition Schofield Bible. I wouldn't take nothing in the world for it. I mean, I read that thing, and I can tell. Uh, Mary asked me a question the other night, and I said, I don't remember exactly where it is, but I know it's on the right-hand side. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And you know, I can come through the Bible and I come in, and sooner or later I'll find it. 
because it's on the right hand side or it's on the left hand side. I can remember that. I've read it so many times and I've fellowship with the Lord so many times in God's Word and He's blessed my heart in dark times and good times and, and helped me help people out of His Word so many times and I've cried over it and I've laughed over it. Uh, some of the funniest stories that you can ever read is in the Bible. You ever read where that donkey talked to a man? Hey, now I don't know about you, but if I'm in a place that I can't get out of and I'm riding a donkey and that donkey turns around and starts talking to me, I'm not going to talk back to him. And I, I was reading that thing. I read that thing the other night and I got so tickled like an understand What a stupid jerk. They were standing there and talked to a donkey and a donkey's talking back to him. I think I would have left. Amen. But uh, some of the funniest stories that you can read in the Bible and some of the greatest love stories that you've ever read in your life is in the Bible. I I, I was reading, uh, I told Mary the other night, I said, uh, did you ever read Ruth? And uh, she went and laid, uh, uh, I can't even remember his name, in it, the guy that got her in him. Uh, he said, lay at his feet. And, uh, and I said, uh, I finally got you because I got you laying in my feet. Let me tell you something. One of the sweetest stories is that love story. You'll read it. You like to read love story books, you can't beat that story. Amen? She waited, and finally he took off his shoe and laid it. And I took, <laughs> I've laughed about that a many times. That was a sign. If nobody else wants you, I want you. Amen? And you belong to me. And I read that and I got to laughing and just rejoicing in a love story. What I'm saying is the Bible has every emotion that you need in it. Do you know that? We have emotional needs. And the Bible has reached every emotional need that we have. I love my Bible. What a gift of God that He left us His Word. I don't know how I could ever live in this world without my Bible. God gives us peace. In John 14, verse 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. I was talking to somebody the other day here a while back that told me how afraid to die they were because they didn't know Christ as a Savior. I got saved, and I told them that's what gives me peace. I'm not afraid to die. I really ain't. I'm looking forward to it in a way have some body present with the Lord, but I want to live as long as I can. And I think about this greatly. One of these days, I'll live forever. And that's the peace of mind that I have every day of my life. In Romans chapter 5, verses 1 through 9, speaks of the gift of God. God gives us peace. God gives us faith. You know, I know some people that don't have faith. I mean, saving faith. Faith in God. Ephesians 2, 8, 9 is still there. For by grace you say through faith. I think of that. The things of God are hard to believe. I mean, you think about it. God creating the world, and that is in it. The universe, God created the universe. The miracles that Jesus did while He was on this earth. Moses crossing the Red Sea. And you could go on and on. When I think about that, I think about the little boy who listened to his daddy preach. 
and his daddy was preaching about the wheel and the wheel swallowing the men and speeding them up on end. And he said the little boy got a sling and, and slung it around and around and killed a giant. And on the way home, that little boy said, Daddy, <clears throat> I don't know if I can believe all that you preached on today. Uh, a man being swallowed by a wheel and a little boy killed in a giant with a slingshot. And he said, now, son, God said, he said, oh, if you're going to bring God in it, that's different. <laughs> I love that every time I hear it. You bring God in it, brother, there's nothing impossible. Nothing. And that's faith. You know, a lot of people don't have that. That's gifts of God. And I love every time I, talk, I think about uh, just having the peace of God. God gives us all these things, and they come from God. And a lot of people don't have it. And I thank God for it. I know how it started out. I know where I am. I know where I'm going. And it's all because of the gift of God. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. If I didn't have Him, I'd have nothing. I mean, I don't know where I'd be today. I don't know what I'd be doing. But I know one thing. I wouldn't be as happy as I am. I wouldn't have the joy of the Lord in me as I do. I'd be a different person altogether. And I, as a young man, I was not a very nice guy, but I, I have a complete different personality than I had then. And what happened to me? It's like my grandpa, he was, he lived to be 98 years old. And I went to his home right after I got saved. And I wanted to lead grandpa to the Lord because I didn't know if he was saved or not. And we sitting by his fireplace. And I took my Bible and I said, Grandpa, I want to be sure you go in heaven with me. And uh, he said, well, son, I am going. And uh, he, I said, well, how you know, Grandpa? He said, because a man led me to the Lord. And he told me where he got saved. Now, here's the reason I told you that story. Grandpa was a mean man when I was a little boy. But as a little boy, I went back in my mind, and I can remember there was a change in him. There was a complete change in him. I mean, he was mean as a snake to people. And yet, one time, at a place in his life, he began to help people and do things for people. And that change, as he started telling me when he got saved, came when he met the Lord as his Savior. I thank God I'm not what I might have been. I thank God that I'm a Christian. And what a gift of God. Stand with me, please. Father, we do thank you for your goodness to us always. And Lord, we do ask you to bless our people, bless our families, help us to rejoice in our salvation and the many, many gifts that you give us. Even this past week, you have given me things that I could have never had in this life without you. And I look at just the things, not just my family, not just my friends, but just personal little things that I could have never had without you. And I thank you for everything you do for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Come right, sing something with us, please.